0: this meeting is being recorded
1: okay welcome in three guys talking ball podcast this is the jackie robinson edition episode 42 it's september 22nd 2022 is a lot of twos there but it's all right we have i so a third guy here today i haven't heard or seen from him in a couple of weeks i don't grant i don't even know if you know who this guy is i'm i'm confused he just kind of joined our chat is it or wait oh oh no that's ethan ethan
2: welcome back oh hi guys i'm here what what a guy well it's good i should get claps i'm the best boom find it here (laughs) bring it on bring it on no embarrassing Golf Anyone golf. have the price the prices right music or uh, jeopardy no. music? No,
1: I haven't figured out how to do that yet. Maybe someday, but
2: uh, we'll get there.
1: But we we're we're going to be recapping week 3 of college football, week 2 of the NFL, previewing week week 3 of the NFL, week 4 of college football and whatever else comes. Grant was uh got to go see a college game over the weekend. Michigan took care of business. Gophers are rolling. Iowa got the win and covered. And Penn State might be for real. NDSU had a heartbreaker, but they'll be all right. And well, two two-thirds of our NFL teams won. Thanks a lot, Ethan. There's those booze. Now you just now you just sound like a Philly fan. We don't like them people. <laughs> and but I've the biggest news of, of, of the weekend in the NFL was I went six to six on my gambling picks, and we'll get it into that a little bit later. But six six is only five hundred. I went
2: six four six. Six four. I thought you said six and six. I was like, that's no. not something. Oh no, celebrate. no,
1: no, no. We six six four six. Gotcha. a thousand okay, for the Yeah, okay. it was I wouldn't he brag about up. going.
0: Well, he even five hundred bad.
1: Yeah. You well, I, I just kept looking at the board. I'm like, I like that. I like that. I like that. Before you knew it, I had six, Actually, I had five and then I saw it. I guess we'll just start there it was uh first pick I had was Cardinals plus five and a half versus the Raiders. I didn't think the Raiders they're good enough on the line. I didn't think they were good enough to pull away. I'm not a huge Cardinals fan, but I, I like the Cardinals. I thought they were going to be able to move the ball. And I ended up having to sweat it out and then I was rooting for that two point conversion to not go in at the end for the Cardinals. Just so that way it was done over with, but then I had to sweat out overtime. Luckily they got a scoop and score grant went home happy. The Raiders lost. And then I normally don't bet on my teams, but I went Cowboys plus seven and a half. I didn't think the Bengals offensive line was good enough. I thought the Cowboys defense was legit. They were going to make, make Joe Burrow uncomfortable. They ended up winning. I thought for sure. uh, Brett Maher missed that kick right away. And then the next thing I hear is Jim Nance yelling. It's good. Good news there. And then Packers minus 10 versus the Bears. The Bears got lucky in week one. They they were never going to move the ball against the Packers. The Packers were going to commit to the run game and just gashed them. And Aaron Rodgers continued the reign of being Chicago's dad and owning the city and the $663 billion in debt they are. So how he's going to repay that, get that paid back, we'll, we'll figure out at some point. And then Lions on straight up on the commanders. There was actually even line, so I just went money line. Lions took care of business, got that first win of the year. They looked really good, looked really good running the ball. Commander's defense is hot garbage. And then Jaguars-Colts. The Jaguars have not lost to the Colts in Jacksonville since 2014. And I think the Colts, I saw a stat that's in that rain that – or I can't remember how far dating back it was, but they've been shut out like three times in however many years. All three have come in Jacksonville. Three times since 2012
0: since 2017 oh that's since, what it was yeah that's what it oh was God. yeah so in it's the years awesome. 2017 2018 and 2022 the jags have shut the colts out in jacksonville i guess Wild. they were
2: good 17 18 weren't they
0: yeah because you remember you know 17 was the afc that was, title. was yep yeah that's when
2: eight, Eighteen
0: was the year when people were like damn jacksonville is going to be legit back to back and they just um. After we beat the Patriots in week two, the the wheels fell off the wagon, and yeah, you know, like he's like they imploded. Like Ethan just gave, yeah, you know, that hand gesture, and um, you know, it's been pear shaped in Duval County ever since then.
1: Yeah, and then uh, my last, I wasn't gonna do it, and then I was listening to Veasan with uh Brent Musburger, and can't remember he had one of his guests on on his show, and they were talking about how it was gonna be another monsoon, rainy, ugly, crappy. Crappy game out or crappy weather out in San Francisco. Neither offense is going to wow you. And the under was 39 and a half. So I hit on that. Unfortunately, Trey Lance gets hurt, but that's final score was 27, seven. So cashed in there. So six, six for six on the week, our TikTok account guys gained like 25 followers. So hopefully that'll help out. We'll gain some more
0: viewership nice. on this. So thank you guys for listening. If you're new to <laughs> you, you the get, podcast. You... You make some people money, and they want to watch.
1: Well, there was one guy who commented on there. He's like, "I wish I would have seen this before all the games were over. Before I lost all my picks." <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> but it's just this rando on a website. Screw it. What could go wrong? Hey,
1: I had the NFL Fox. Yeah, I believe it was the NFL Fox music in the background, just in the notes app. Let's roll with it. Hey, it worked out. So post picks later on in the week but we'll move over we'll discuss some games we'll start on monday night the vikings well that was uh, that did not go as planned uh, philly is always a tough place to play 7 24 was the final score eagles won that game felt after that opening drive the eagles had it felt like it was minnesota was going to have to play flawless for them to even have a shot
2: Yeah, it was just a weird game. Like, the defense in the second half gave them opportunities. They started three times inside the 30 – Eagles 30, zero points to show for it. Like, that's just insane to me, which is so, so weird. But, I don't know, KOC will get them going. They'll be fine.
0: Well, and this is just kind of me, boys. But I'm not – I'm not saying that KOC and this coaching staff wanted to lose this game on purpose. I'm not saying they threw the towel in, but – this game plan looked very flat and very boring. Um, you almost I almost wonder if they, they needed uh, a coach some coaching moments to come out of this game, you know, after training camp and a good week one when you beat the Packers 23 to seven. Where they sat back and they said, Hey, you know what? We're just gonna sit back here, do some basics. We're on the road, tough environment in Philly. Um, this team needs a, a reason to tell them, hey, you're not as good as we thought you thought you were. And um, now we have some coaching moments going into Detroit, but it's just kind of a weird game, a flat game. The Eagles looked like they wanted to come out and uh, put some hurt on the Vikings and the Vikings, they just looked happy to be there. And knowing on Tuesday, they're going to collect the game check. So I, uh, I,
2: I like what Paul Allen was talking about uh, yesterday morning. He was saying he only came on for like an hour on his show since they probably got back so late. And I mean, I think I do let the dude sleep for a bit, but, uh, he was saying the Eagles basically just dropped their linebackers into the zones that Jefferson likes to go to. And Cousins was basically just forcing them into it, no matter what, not looking around at the other guys until, like, the last possession when they started moving the ball, basically, but it was over, like, obviously. So I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. Like, um, So I think it's more so Kirk just kind of needs to maybe not give 15, 12 targets a game to to J.J. and more so spread it out. So that's just kind of what P.A. was saying.
0: Well, another thing I noticed is week one, you know, you put JJ in, in motion so many times to, um, you know, get that advantage and kind of um, manipulate what the defense is going to do. He was, he was standard, uh, you know, most, he's stationary, excuse me. Yeah. Most of the night on Monday night, you you didn't have him, you know, going in motion like that first touchdown he scored against Green Bay. And even when Jalen Rager when he had that nice end run that was in motion there. So I was just curious on why, koc and that offensive staff didn't implement more in this game plan because if they are trying to be the the rams in the midwest mcveigh's got dudes and even shanahan there in san francisco they got guys going in motion 50 percent of each play so i was just i I wish i could be on a fly on the wall for that offensive staff meeting and see why they didn't do that as much in week two
1: well the other part about it too is is i'm looking at the stats now is and i noticed it right away they they did not commit to the run. They only ran the ball 11 times and even in those opening drives when it was still 7 nothing, 14 nothing, they just didn't seem interested in running the ball at all either. So, I think they need to get back to the back to running the ball more, having that as a more focal point of the offense. It's not like they have scrubs as running backs. Cook and Alexander Madison is as good of a one-two punch you're going to get in the NFL and Kirk Cousins doesn't need to be throwing the ball 46 times. They, I think they should try to be a little bit more 50 50 in that sense too. I think that also affected it too, where they Eagles knew they were going to be passing, so they sold out on it, and the Vikings just refused to
0: run the ball. Well, then I also saw guys a stat week one uh, for the Eagles rush defense when Jordan Davis was playing. Uh, you know, the first rounder out of Georgia, they only gave up one point. Eight yards a rush. When he was off the field, they gave up over 10 yards a rush. So maybe seeing that uh the Vikings implemented a game plan like Dallas had the first game against Tampa Bay in 2021. Well, if Jordan Davis is going to be out there, we're not going to beat our head against a concrete wall and try to run against this dude, especially when you have Bradbury and your rookie Ingram. Um, you know, Ingram, he was good in the the rush against um, you know, Green Bay in week one, but going up against Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis. Maybe they thought, you know what, this is a disadvantage we have. We like Kirk Throne, And that's why they almost this game plan specific was just airing it out so much like they did.
1: Yeah. Uh, could be. Uh, I still think that to give yourself a shot, I think you still have to establish some type of run or be effective enough to where you can respect it, especially in that the Vikings offense, where so, they thrive so much off of play action. And another thing well, before we'll, Wrap and we'll move on to another game. Was that that Irv Smith drop was huge. That that I think any because the Vikings were moving the ball there and they felt like they had the a little bit of momentum there because they they just scored then they got a stop so it was seven fourteen, and then Irv it was Smith twenty one seven walked, wasn't it twenty one seven or was yeah okay. twenty one seven. Seven. seven but he catches that he walks in it's twenty one fourteen that throw was ridiculous yeah. Mm. And he should not be allowed to he should be forced to give up his eighty-four number after
0: that drop. Well, they I shouldn't respect. have given it to him in the first place. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. I don't, I don't I don't care if Randy signed off on that. You shouldn't hell let anyone wear that number. Did no. you sign off on it? Randy did. Oh, it didn't, it didn't retire the damn number. Yeah, exactly. Stupid. But yeah, because then to your point, Dylan, you get that touchdown, Irv walks into the end zone, you get a stop, you get the ball to start the second half. Yeah, Totally, totally different game. You score Mm -hmm. 14 14 points there and win the middle eight, it's a different game.
1: Well, and and that's the best time to score too is because right after halftime where fans are still – because it's short halftimes where it's only 12 minutes. So there's a lot of fans are going to get beer, food, everything. So the stadium is about as quiet as it'll be all night before Mm -hmm. people start showing up. So that that's the best time. You don't have to worry about going on a silent count. It's gonna be quieter and you don't have that extra factor. But
2: they'll learn from it. Go ahead. Can we also just say, like, how does Boyd not outrun the holder on that black punt?
0: Was it or was it a black field ball?
2: It was yeah, black field field ball, ball. whatever it was. Black field ball, my bad. No, because yeah, that's a game the holder.
1: It was. I. It's one of those things where you're. You get so much momentum going forward, picking it up. You lose. Lose your balance. But he
2: ran for like twenty yards prior to getting, before the guy tackled him.
0: And it's it's one of those where why don't you start running sideways so the punter just can't run in a straight line yeah, at you, make incredible. make him go back and forth a little bit too, and then eventually you're yeah. just about and you should pull away and, and get six. Yeah,
1: well. Like They got the Lions this week. We'll talk about that as the episode progresses. We'll move over. cowboys Bengals. Cowboys got their first win of the year, 2017. The Bengals, I think their lack of playing in the preseason is really showing. They have Joe Burrow, all sorts. There was a there was a clip where you could see Joe Burrow saying, no empty sets. And they kept, they actually listened and they put Joe Mixon into pass block. Uh, Dallas D-Line did a really good job of keeping him uncomfortable all afternoon out the offense. Cooper rush looked good. He didn't, didn't do anything that lost the game still after that first 12, first two drives after the script wore off, they really didn't do anything. They're able to move the ball in the, to get him in field field position to kick the game winning field goal. But there's the Bengals need to figure, get that O line fix. And I think, I think most of it is just them playing together and getting comfortable. I because I think there, there's talent on that O line, whether it, uh, Collins, Volson, Kappa, Jonah Williams. Uh, there, there's talent, and I'm missing one of the, the center whose name escapes me. But there, there's talent there. But when you're you don't ha- chemistry is the biggest thing on the offensive line. If those ke- front five guys have chemistry and know what they're doing. And are all in sync. It they're the it's hard they're hard it's hard to get a pass rush and it's I, I, that goes down to coaching is, is you need to play those
0: guys in the preseason I think. Yeah, but then also let's let's not forget the fact that that's also on some of these players too, um, with their communication pre snap and knowing if it's you know if Joe's going on a three step drop a five step drop a seven step drop. They need to they need to know what the protection calls for, and they need to be prop properly, you know. Maybe sliding a protection this way, where if you you know you have make or not, Micah, Micah Parsons, um, you know, rushing your right tackle if he's playing left end, you probably need to slide everyone, including your center, over to the right, and then chip him with a tight end or with your running back. Um, so I still think the, these Bengals they have some learning to do on this playbook and these offensive linemen don't truly understand the protections yet. And they don't, they aren't communicating properly on who needs to take who. And then also there's a couple of times on Sunday, Lael Collins just looked lost. His, he, with poor technique, Michael was rushing him, and his left shoulder was facing the sidelines as a right tackle. You're just giving up the inside and Parsons rushes inside, throws him like a rag doll and, and gets to burrow. That's, that's just laziness. Um, on your on your player right there, and you know, Dylan, you're right. It's lack of playing in the preseason, but then also Joe Burrow got his appendix taken out and missed like nine days of training camp this year, so he's he's a week really? and a half behind everyone else too. So I I think this is catching up to these Bengals, and you know, some of the breaks they caught last year towards the end of the regular season in the playoffs, they're not going their way right now, and you know, they're in a little two game slide to start the season. Well, and the other part too is is Joe Burrow, this is, this isn't all on the
1: offensive line either. Joe Burrow has to learn to get rid of the ball. He holds uh-huh. on to the ball for way too long. There's the NFL is a league that and if it continues down this path, and I hope it doesn't, because he's one of the most exciting players in football and he's young. But if he he's gonna he's already had a torn ACL. If he doesn't learn to get rid of the ball, the NFL is the most humbling league. There is, and if he doesn't learn to get rid of the ball and just learn, it's a throwaway isn't a bad play. Mm-hmm. If if he's able to learn that, he's going to keep himself healthy and upright and have a long career in this league. But he hasn't learned that yet. And another thing too is is that we do. I think Dallas's D deserves credit. They've they have good pass rush with Micah Parsons is emerging as possibly an early favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year guy Has been an absolute animal this year so far, and and the other thing that's not getting talked about enough is two is is the improvement in their interior D linemen whether it be uh, Dorrance Armstrong or uh, the Diggy Zua. And Dallas has a pl- plethora uh, a lot, plethora. a lot of yeah wor- words are tough sometimes. <laughs> Thank you, Ethan. That's why you went too to much, grad school, Bushlight, and. Uh, they have depth at the edge DN position, whether it be Anthony Barr, DeMarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, who we just talked about. And then uh, Dante Fowler Jr. too. That's four guys that you can rotate, keep them fresh. And especially when it's third down and is obvious passing situations, all those guys have to worry about is just putting their getting after the quarterback and, especially if their interior D lines getting pressure where there's no one for the quarterback to step up it, it makes that quarterback's life and the offense's job of living hell. And uh, uh, Trevon Diggs had the play of the game on that third down stop that gave them Dallas, the ball back at the end where if he doesn't make that play, if either the Bengals go two minute, hurry up and go down and score or, or it goes to overtime and who knows what happens in overtime. So, Trevon Diggs played a great game too. And might well, this is the best we I've seen Leighton Vander Esch play as well. So I I might be on board again just cuz this defense is is how is as good as they're playing. They got the Giants this week. We'll see. They're 2 and 0, but I don't I, I think they're not as good as what their record says there is. Dak they say could be back at against Washington, but I don't after you have surgery to repair a broken thumb on your throwing hand. I don't That's not something you rush back from. Look at what happened to Russell Wilson last year. But this I think this defense is going to keep them in a lot of games, and as long as Cooper Rush doesn't lose them games and they commit more to the run game, I I don't see why the Cowboys can't be competing for at least a wild card spot because right now the Eagles just look far and away the best team in the East, and it's not even close. Uh They look like the
0: best in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, Ethan, you're spot on. There's no other real team in the NFC right now where you look at them and say, you know, it's two weeks, but they've played as well as them, and you know, I trust them at 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 the moment. Um, but yeah, Dylan, you're right. This this Dallas team for these next, you know, probably three to four weeks, you're gonna have to play stout defense, and as long as Cooper Rush doesn't lose you the game, uh, that's you know that that that's that's the big thing. He can't. If he has a game where he's got a turnover or two, I have a hard time believing Dallas is going to win that game. And then also, you know, it's nice to see Tony Pollard have that, what, 56-yard rush. Yep, That was a touchdown and they reviewed it and he was able to punch it in with that. So maybe that'll give this coaching staff, you know, a dose of reality that's need that says, hey, we got to get Tony Pollard the ball. Because when he has the ball, good things happen. Um. And you know we you know we need to put this 96 million dollar contract to the side and say, we don't have the skilled players we had last year. A couple of guys are still hurt. Um, we need to get our good athletes the ball, and good things will happen.
1: Well, wow. and Michael Gallup is possibly coming back this week due to the them playing on Monday night. Mm-hmm. so some reasons for optimism there, Give him another weapon, and even not. Uh, the rookie Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin has looked really good this year so far, which is good to see because Schultz might be out as well. So I I'm I'm not it's holding my fingers. No, that's uh that's uh that's not that's Fumagali, yeah. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that was the yeah. one before him. Ferguson's uh Alvarez, Barry Alvarez's grandpa or grandson. Grandson, yep. And uh we'll move over. This game happened on Thursday night, first Amazon Prime night. Kirk Herbstreets and Al Michaels, which is a dynamic duo, calling a game. Chiefs-Chargers. Chiefs got were able to get a win, 27-24. It was a, uh, a back-and-forth game. You know when those two teams are playing, it's going to be a heck of a game. It's going to be a back-and-forth. It's going to be a bit of a rock fight. And Chiefs ended up on top.
0: Grant what were your Grant what were your thoughts since this is well, your for, team First off anytime the Chiefs play a divisional opponent on a Thursday night I'm nervous <laughs> <'Cause they laughs> Well why have, is that
1: why what, nothing weird happens on a Thursday They
0: night. have lost in Arrowhead one heartbreaker to every divisional opponent on a Thursday night two in Arrowhead and then one in Oakland before the Raiders moved and then even you know last year's game against the Chargers um, you know that overtime game where if Brandon Staley kicks one field goal, you know they, the Chargers, the Chargers win that game. And you know Patrick when he um would dislocated his kneecap a couple of years ago, that ha- that happened also on a Thursday night. So, you know Thursday night, um, Kansas City, it's a it's usually a recipe for a disaster. Um, but this this was a good game, and uh, you know the biggest takeaway from this this game for me is once it's just the classic Andy Reid team. They're not going to give up and they're not going to flinch. Uh, you know, they they took the Chargers' best shot. You know, the Chargers were bringing pressure up the middle and from their linebackers all night because they knew they had to get to Mahomes. And they were playing some press coverage, and they were not going to let the Chiefs beat them deep, kind of like what teams did last year. And give the Chiefs corners some credit. For the most part, they tried to lock up Mike Williams all night, and he just made some unbelievable catches and Herbert put that ball right where it needed to be. So sometimes there's just nothing you can do as a defender, but you know what, this team, they just didn't give up and they made the plays when they needed to, and, you know, Watson with the 99, you know, the seventh rounder, uh, you know, with the 99 yard pick six. And then also a free agent signing this offseason from Tampa Bay, you know, with the big 50 yarder there to, uh, to take the lead um no to get to 17 14 and to think hey this team's back in it they're going to get a stop here so just the fact that they don't they this team they don't give up they're not going to fold and um you know it was was great to see that and also chris jones took the game over on the inside you were kind of last year during the playoffs people were like well where'd chris go you know, we, we hadn't seen much from him, you know, last in the AFC title game. He had constant pressure on Burrow, but always ran past him, never held contain. He kind of took that game over on the inside and they just, this team didn't fold. They didn't quit with a lot of injuries um, going into the week. And it's only going to build confidence going into the year that this young, inexperienced team is just not going to quit. And they're going to be able to beat anyone they play. At least they th- they'll think they'll be able to.
1: Yeah. And yeah, they look good. I, I didn't get to watch most of it. We had a, I, we had a varsity game. I was coaching at and I got back right as the chiefs were driving. The first play I saw was when Derwin James just body slammed Travis Kelsey under Mm -hmm. the arrowhead turf. And then they didn't get in. It was, so that would have made it what 17,
0: 17, right? Yeah. That would have been, that would have made it 21, 17. Cause it was 17, 14 at the time. Oh, you're right. Yep. Yep. And and then, and then the field goal after that made it 17, 17. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, and then, yeah, I watched the chargers drive down and uh, Everett was gassed and they had him go in. He thought he was going to go in. Herbert threw it outside and, that was the difference in the game. It was, and then, then the chargers
0: couldn't stop the Kansas city offense. Yeah. And you know, Hilaire had that, had that nice, um, yep. you know, 50 yard run where nobody touched him. And, and that set the game up for that 27, 17, you know, field goal that essentially, you know, iced it because then the Chargers were, were down two scores there. And that was the one weird play where all night you're like, where does one, what is the Chargers defense doing? Not tackling Hilaire in two, he's 20 yards down the field and he has both hands in the football trying not to get stripped it's like if you put oh you know that football in your right hand because you're on the right sideline and you kick it in a high gear you might score a touchdown so that was that was just kind of one of those weird plays right there but um kind of if you're a Chargers fan's sake just unfortunate way for them is there's them just losing a game like this it just, just seems that's what the Chargers do you know they were the better team for most of the game but the Chiefs just made a couple more plays and um you know that, that took them o- over the edge and um you know the ironic part Dylan we talked before the season would JC Jackson be that guy away from Bill Belichick well he gave up the 56 yarder um that you know turned out to really change change that game because then it got the most importantly, it got the crowd back into it. You know, the Arrow, Arrowhead football and they were loud and they were passionate all night and, uh, you know, it was enough for a good Chiefs win to get up 2 Yeah, And
1: it was a great game. It was a great way to break out the Herb Street and Al Michaels duo calling a game. What did you guys think of the Amazon Prime uh, setup?
2: It
0: was I, fine. I, I, was watching with some buddies and his parents came over and we said it looked like some of the clearest picture that, that we've seen like the high definition looked better than anything we've ever seen before. Just, just a great picture all night. Um, and I thought the broadcast was good. The pregame was great. The halftime did good. So Amazon, they found something. I think the NFL is going to, they're going to love having them as a partner this year. Was your guys
1: is like, was, was the voice ahead of the action? Cause there are a couple of times where like I was, Doing something in my house and like I look up and it's like caught and as it was as he said caught he was actually just catching it. Like, I'm sure yeah, that's
2: happening. with streaming. I didn't yeah. notice it. I'm sure it is. But then and
1: then when they were doing the post game show, like you could tell that the voice was behind the lips. Like it was a little like a little bit delayed. Maybe it was just mine, but I don't. That would probably no, be my only complaint. But because anytime Herb Street and Al Michaels are doing a game, even if they're not together. That's it's
0: fantastic. Yeah, no, Dale, I, I caught up on that too. And it was the big, the one I caught it right away was, was Watson's pick six. Oh, uh, okay. Because Herbert goes back, he goes, Oh, and it's picked off. And he, the ball hadn't even been snapped yet. And I was like, Hmm, that's weird. So then I kind of caught that the rest of the game. And it was all, like you said, it was about a half a second to a second ahead so you can almost tell if it was going to be a good play or a bad play right from the snap oh okay just because yeah. i i caught it i caught it right away and who knows maybe it's because the chiefs were playing and i was more tuned in on the game um but yeah that that is one thing i noticed gotcha
1: okay any other games you guys want to talk about the uh the uh, russell wilson's home owner home opener didn't go quite as planned it's that guy just gets more and more unlikable. I used to like him, but now he's just, mm-hmm. he's just all about, he's really showing his true colors. Is He He doesn't care about the team. He's all about Russell Wilson. Like, again, the opener against the Seahawks, he's telling the defense to yell, or the guys on the sidelines to yell, run or pass. This, this, this isn't Pop Warner Junior League guys. This is the NFL. If cornerbacks or safeties, linebackers, or anybody on the field can't figure out run or pass, they should be talking about a, a podcast like us. And, yeah. and then in his post game interview, he's talking about this new recovery thing he's got, how he's glad that he's able to do recover the right way and get the right whatever. And it's like, and you wonder why nobody, Seattle, wanted to get rid of you.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for me, it was Baltimore just imploding. In the fourth quarter, and you know, not only letting letting the Dolphins, you know, come back, but the way they let them score when two of those three touchdowns were just major miscommunications, and two of us thrown to wide open, wide open receivers. Where you know, I'm watching the replay last night at NFL Network, and when Lamar goes for a 79-yard touchdown, it's 35-14. It's like, well, this, this game's on ice. And then the next touchdown, the Bengals, not the Bengals, the, the Dolphins needed to have was like a six-minute drive. And you're thinking, okay, well, you know what? The Ravens might give up a couple of scores here, but it's going to take the Dolphins a long way to go down this field, six, seven-minute drives. You're not going to be able to do it. But John Harbaugh was bit by the analytics once again. Analytics, excuse me. Uh, it was a fourth and, fourth and one in his own territory. He goes for it, the Ravens don't get it, and then uh, turnover, Dolphins quick strike, and before you know it, it's a seven point game, and Baltimore is just shook. And um, now it's like, uh oh, this is a game here. The Ravens don't do anything on offense, and they decide not to cover Jalen Waddell down the sideline, which is a bad idea. And before you know it, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a tie game, and the Dolphins pull out, and they're two and zero on the young se- on the young season.
1: Yeah, well, it it looked like Tua was back at Alabama again with those guys he's throwing to. Oh, <laughs>
0: well, yeah. His
1: old teammate in Waddle and then Tyreek Hill, which that's a guy that you, you have to know where he is on the field at all times. And it, it, it's amazing how many times people forget about him on the field where he's just running wide open free and then giving the peace sign
0: as he's going into the end zone. I mean, for every road game the Dolphins play this year, this is how it should go. Tyreek, as soon as he gets off the bus to the stadium, they should double team him. Yeah, Two security guards should be on him, walking him into his locker room. And as soon as he gets onto the field, there's always two either security members, local police, players, coaches. I don't care. We're double teaming this guy off the bus.
1: Yeah. And it was a phenomenal game. And then another one, too, is, was Jets-Browns. Browns gave away a two touchdown lead in the final two minutes. You let Corey Davis run by you, and then mm-hmm. elite Joe Flacco shows up. People want to knock on Nick Chubb for going for two, but it it was it I mean, it makes it a two score game. The chances of that happening, unless you just absolute and there's an absolute brain fart and well, there was an absolute brain fart. And then they miss the pat after his kick or after his run and if he makes that it's 31 31 and it goes to overtime and who knows what happens but well, the, the, as much for as much as Grant you and I we talked about how there wasn't a lot of exciting games there was a, a lot of a lot of excitement that went on this week a lot of exciting finishes yep yep whether it be Cardinals Raiders. Even the Falcons almost came back from a twenty-eight to three lead, and then uh, Patriots steelers was a, was an okay game that came down to the wire. There was a huge fight in Buck Saints, and but yeah, overall it was a it was a fun week. Red Zone, the Witching Hour was incredible on Sunday. Hopefully, we can get another one. But we'll move over to college football. And Grant, you went to, uh, you were at a college football game this week. What were your takeaways of, uh, Minnesota and Colorado?
0: So it just first, it felt good again, to be back into, um, you know, back at the stadium, um, you know, being around, you know, the college campus, the band, the, the tailgate, uh, you know, the fans going in before, you know, it was, it was, a great atmosphere. You know, it was, it was fun to be around, um, you know, going in to do it. I kind of thought it would be a drubbing and, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a drubbing. The Gophers, you know, they came in um, and they did what they were supposed to do. You know, they beat that ass uh, on a bad, a bad football team. First drive, you know, seven plays, 75 yards down the field, like it was no one's business. And then to set the play for the Gophers defense, the first play of the game corner comes off the edge, hits the quarterback fumble Gophers pick up the ball, most scores on the next play. And with nine and a half minutes left, In the first quarter, it's fourteen rip, and you know this this game is over. Um, And then you know they go, you know they dominated the line of scrimmage, but then also, you know it was nice to see a couple long touchdown passes. Chris Altman Bell, he had he had a nice thirty six yarder before he got hurt, um, unfortunately. And then um, you know Tanner had a nice another. He touched down in the second half here, but you know that's kind of the the one bummer on Saturday's game is, is you know the golfers are going for a score before halftime, and unfortunately you know just one bad step and you know Chris you know he you know hurt his knee I believe and um you know unfortunately, unfortunately you know he's out out for the season um, so you know you never and that's the one thing you didn't want to have happen at the end of the half there. See, Mike, it is seven year though. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah. With that medical red shirt, play three games. Yep. Um, see, you never, you never want to see a player get hurt, um, with that, but, um, you know, the Gophers, they came in, they, they knew what they were supposed to do and they did it. And, you know, they, whooped, they whooped that ass. Um, and it was, it was a hot day, you know, it was like eighty eighty five 85 degrees. The sun, the sun was right in our face. Um, so all, all in all, you know, it was a good time. And, uh, like you said, they came in and did what they were supposed to do.
1: What was the, uh, what was the crowd like? Was it pretty full there
0: or was it, I, I think it was about 85%. Okay. Um, across for, you know, the whole, uh, the whole game, um, the student section was probably about 90% full in the first half. Okay. And then you know, when it's 35, when it's 35 rip going into half the kids, they, uh, they left and they wanted to go home and continue their drinking throughout, uh, the, the weekend there, but, you know, for a beautiful fall Saturday, um, you know, in, in Minnesota, about 80, 85% full. You know, the crowd was into it. They were loud. They were excited. And um, I think, you know, they're going to get behind this team this year.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's good. I think that's, uh, it's going to be a Minnesota st- right now still looks like by far the best team in the, in the big 10 West for sure. And Ethan mine and Ethan's prediction of them winning the West is looking,
2: looking pretty good right it's now. What do you say? Did you get a chance I, to I watch it, it, Ethan? I did watch it. Uh, I watched it on so I didn't get to see a ton of it, but I did see most of the first half. I stopped kind of watching the second half because, honestly, it was, wasn't was even a game at that point anymore. The backups were even moving down the field on Colorado. It's like how Colorado's fallen off so far is kind of astonishing to me. They've never been like a super great program the last 10 years, but they've always kind of been a solid middle-of-the-pack team in the Pac-12. I mean, my God, they'll be lucky if they win a game this year. They were –
0: I don't think they're going to – they're not going to win a game, guys. I mean – No,
2: they were terrible. I mean, well, hiring Mike Sanford, I don't really get it. The dude is awful at his job. So, I mean, that didn't help him at all. But their team just lacks any sort of talent whatsoever.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say, guys, we our seats were on the Colorado bench. They didn't look excited to be there. They had the look of a team who knew they were going to get throttled. And, you know, it showed. You know, seven. Like I said, seventy-five yards in the first drive, strip sack on the first offensive play. It was just kind of like, oh, well, we're here, we're hot, we're getting our ass kicked. Uh, can, can can we go home? Yeah. Well, their, their
1: AD released a statement about how uh, his. Yeah, I've never seen that pleasure,
0: before.
1: But he didn't fire him. Yeah.
2: So. I mean, he didn't get her Did Edwards. Mel Tucker leave it that there when he left, or what the hell happened? Well, Mel, Mel
1: Tucker around. wasn't there long enough. He was only I mean, a there a year. There. Still, he was only there a year, yes, and then COVID. I, they, he got hired like in the midst of COVID. Yeah. So I'm sure that true. that doesn't help either. So we'll see. I mean that that that's put in a tough spot, and then clearly have not hit well in the transfer portal either. Yeah. And uh but they, and they're in a good recruiting base area. And it's, it's yeah, Arizona, looks, like a, looks like a beautiful campus. Like, I don't understand how they can't, but maybe, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, they,
0: here's, here's, here's a serious question here. Who is the best Colorado Buffalo player in the NFL? Right now? Right now. Right now,
1: I, you could probably say Jimmy Smith or Chidobi Awuzie, both corners. Okay, I mean, but not, not household bad. names, no. But do, yeah. do you, you
0: get know what I'm saying? You're not putting yeah. dudes in the league. Um, you're gonna have a hard time, a hard time getting these recruits and these transfers to go there, because, you know, they were playing the Gophers. You know, if I'm PJ Fleck, I can say Corey Davis, Tyler Johnson, and Rashad Bateman, who had over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns on Sunday, or a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I put those dudes in the NFL. You know I, that's why PJ is going to get receivers to come to Minnesota, and he's going to get Mo in there. And with how big and physical this offensive line is, in the next two two years, you're going to have names in the NFL who yeah. said
2: guys back in the
0: NFL, Antoine Winfield Jr. who say I went to Minnesota. So yes. that's all it's going to come down to for these college coaches now. It's just if you can't put players in the league; you're going to have a hard time keeping a job. Yeah,
2: yeah, and.
1: Move True. over to another team that breezed to an easy win. Michigan took care of UConn, 59-0. Blake Corum had five TDs. A.J. Henning had a punt return touchdown. J.J. McCarthy looked good again. And there there wasn't a whole lot. Michigan jumped on them early, took care of business. UConn,
2: not, not great. Either, Why but do they have a football team? Just put the money towards women's and men's basketball at this point. I
1: agree. I agree.
2: Because I guarantee so you,
1: I wouldn't be shocked that I bet you the football program still makes more, or just
0: about no just as much. No way. Not, not no a, chance. Chance. Not not a chance. chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. They have
2: shit. They have shit revenue stream from the Big East. There's no way. As well, I me, mean, I don't. It could be. I don't know. Oh, aren't they? What's that? What was that?
0: Aren't they in the American?
2: Are the American for football, yeah. I guess. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, no, there's no way. That those bad. Like I want to say their women's teams, like one of the few schools that actually makes money. I don't even know if Yukon football makes money. There's no I way they have 20,000 fans of that game.
0: I don't think they do. Let's see here. There's no, no way. way. I mean, but. they're the power five schools who don't even bring in uh um in the green for football each year.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: so the the their entire athletic department operated at a forty seven point two million dollar deficit for the twenty twenty-one fiscal year. And this article is from CT Insider. Let's see here. Uh, well and they also canceled the twenty twenty football season, remember? Twenty twenty national yeah, chance because really they didn't play.
2: And then let's see here. They probably save money canceling the season. They they've been running at a forty million
1: dollar deficit the past five years. This article says that's believable.
0: That's football awful. doesn't make money.
2: That's literally the main reason, probably.
1: Could be. Still trying to look here, but well, what what mm-hmm. one of the things that blew my mind was is that like Kentucky football, but and this was before Mark Stoops got there was still making more money. Was. Bringing more in more money, yeah, bringing in more money than the basketball team
2: was, and honestly, a lot of that's probably I mean, yeah, it's like they get some money from obviously, like it's all one big thing from the from the SCC network and just their media deals, but that, that's all SEC football money coming in on that. That's the reason they're paying so much damn money to these schools is because that football uh, oh sure deal like I know it's it's all it's all sports like completely or whatever, but Let's be real. It's all football money coming in. The it's, SEC outside of Alabama, Kentucky, and Auburn is trash at basketball.
0: Yeah, it's so, not it's not a good bas- not a good basketball conference at all.
2: No. So I,
1: I have the stats here. So it looks like sale ticket sales accounted for an 8.8 million year over year over year over year loss of revenue. And then the men's team here, it says. or this is. The athletic program made a profit of 883. It doesn't say the year here. I don't know. I don't. We'll, we'll move on. We've wasted way too much time talking
0: about UConn. The, UConn football is irrelevant and they don't matter. They always yes. have been. Yeah. Always have been and always will be. What year did they play in the Fiesta Bowl? Was it what? Oh,
1: it was. What? It would have been ten. Yeah, they lost to no Central Florida. Way. Yeah,
0: yeah, they played Oklahoma. Good lord. Yeah,
1: there. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, they played Oklahoma, and they got
0: just shit on. Oh, no they, shit. They played Cincinnati
1: all year. Got Grand
2: in Cincinnati What's good last year, was good. That was,
1: and that was, that was when it was the Big East.
2: That oh, was. Wow. uh that's
0: That was good. when Randy
1: Randy Edsall was the coach.
2: Mm-hmm. They and, and
1: they actually they it, they they competed. It just didn't have the athletes Oklahoma had, but yeah, Michigan, they, they completed their non-conference schedule three and zero, and they obviously did not play anybody worthwhile, but the good news is because I've seen this with Michigan teams in the past is where they haven't, they've played these cupcakes and they've let them let them hang around and keep the game a lot closer than it should be. But this, this team, they, they jumped on teams early. They put the game away in the, early in the second quarter. So we'll find out a lot more uh, as the uh, next week when they play this week, when they play Maryland, but.
2: That's the same thing with Minnesota too. Yeah. Always. I mean, heck, they lost the Bowling Green last year. Yeah. That, for the most part, both teams are outside, came out pretty damn healthy. That, I think that's the biggest key. I mean, you lose Bell, obviously, but everyone else, same with Michigan. I don't think they've had any big injuries. That's a real real kicker out of these non-conference.
1: Donovan Edwards is dinged up, but he's going to be back. Cade McNamara, they said, is out for a couple of weeks, which but long, hopefully fine. McCarthy. Exactly. If McCarthy does, gets hurt, though, they don't have anybody behind
2: him, which. hey, That's fine. You just run the, the wishbone the whole time. Use triple option bullshit. Just have some Rose. fun. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they, they got through
1: healthy. Like you said, Ethan, the Gophers did the same thing as they did. They didn't let, which they've done in the past, is let those non-conference games, those teams come in and stick around at yeah. at Huntington Bank Stadium. Did I get that right this time? Yeah, they did right. change it. All yeah. right. It's still the bank, just not the same one. Okay. Close enough. And they they jumped on them early, took care of them, and hopefully that carries into the conference play, but we'll got a couple more college games to talk about. Iowa, Nevada. Iowa took care of business 27-0. Spencer Petrus completed a pass on Sunday, which I don't think any Iowa fan or any college football fan, for that matter, thought would ever happen.
2: Did he complete one over 15 yards? Mm, maybe I don't know. Actually, he did. Yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah. Arlen Bruce had a 21-yard touchdown. I did see that.
0: Yep, yep. Grant, Grant, do you have are
2: it? you still a little concerned though? I mean, they, go, I know they put up points. They had three offensive touchdowns. But are you still concerned? Incarnate Word put up fifty-five on these guys, and they can only put up twenty-seven.
0: Absolutely,
2: <laughs> it still seems mind-boggling to I me.
0: I mean, it's, it's 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 not good. I mean, I don't, you know, lightning delay or not, it's like there was still, you know, um, multiple drives where they they looked like they haven't practiced football, you know, in a long time, and you know, yeah, a third, third, a third a third and one, you, you can't you can't get a first down on that. Um, it was nice to see the offense finally take a couple deep shots. Um, you know, there was one where Petrus put it there, the receiver dropped it. Another one where the pass was a little bit to his right, so the receiver would have had to adjust to it um, a, a little bit there. But um, still not getting enough of those deep shots that you need to, you know, win games when the schedule gets tough which is, you know, starting now, you know, at Rutgers Saturday night to open up Big Ten play.
2: I, but heard, it was just, I heard a great slogan about that game this Saturday. It's well, the poll.
0: Well, yeah, because Rutgers has what one scholarship be quarterback. Rutgers has one scholarship quarterback on its roster. Um, this is the first time I was going to play in the road this year against a rush defense that gives up 1.8 yards of carry in Rutgers. Um, you know what yeah. the total
1: for that game is?
0: Oh, 37 probably, or something. 34 32? and a half.
2: It was yeah, that no in hell. If pound like the 10 under. to 3, there's gonna be 20 punts.
0: Pound the under. Pound it.
2: <laughs> Folks. The fact that that's that high is concerning for Vegas. They must know something. Yeah. Well, that was well, Keegan Johnson didn't practice again today, Grant. I heard about that. So but yeah, and when an I, I
0: saw he um, you know, just didn't look like him after that first drive, when he got tackled a couple of times, you saw him kind of on the sideline, you know, grimacing a little bit. And you're just like, all right, that looks less than ideal. You know, he's back on the field, but he's still hurt a little bit. Um, So, you know, he's not, not himself, but for the offense's sake, it was nice to kind of get him and her granny back because they were, they finally, you know, schematically were sending, you know, sending guys in motion um, and you're spreading the field a little bit where you're not, just log jamming everybody, like, you know, like these first two weeks when you have, you know, eight, nine people within two yards of the line of scrimmage and you try to run the ball, you're just going to pound your head against a concrete wall, which I don't understand why they're doing that. So they're trying to be a little more creative and a little more open with that, so it was nice to see. Um, but then also, you know, to get the Caleb Williams, you know, the freshman running back, just to get the athletes that you have on your roster, just get them the ball in space and, you know, good things happen was that? Caleb Johnson. Yes. Yep. Get, you know, just get him the ball in space and he's able to have two nice long touchdowns. I think one was a 40 yarder and another one was a 53 yarder. Um, So it was just, you know, we'll, we'll take the small progress steps um, when we can get them, you know, each, each week, um, even if it's against an awful Nevada team, And you know, had they had to sit through three different the lightning delays in the game total time was six hours and fifty-nine minutes. So but hey, we'll see uh we'll see on Saturday. You know, when you go on the road, play your first road game against a tough Rutgers team with Greg Shadow as your head coach, and uh you know, maybe they can get a little more momentum going into the Big Ten play and try to be competitive in some games and who knows, maybe, maybe they won't and fall on their face and it could be a tough year. To watch. We'll, uh, we'll see Saturday. Who does Michigan
2: have first? Oh, you said Maryland.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, we'll talk I about that here in a little know. bit, but uh, NDSU played Arizona, another late game, which actually ended before the Iowa, Iowa Nevada game. I think when that game got over, they were just getting ready to restart play, but NDSU lost 31, 28, NDSU—they just had too many mistakes. They had a red zone turnover. They had some penalties that extended some Arizona drives. Arizona looks much improved. They—they they had some really good weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Delora looks like a heck of a quarterback. They got some really good receivers. Jed Fish has might have something going over there, but. They had a turnover in the red zone where they felt it felt like NDSU kind of had Arizona on the heels. Then Arizona goes down and scores, and NDSU gashed them for almost 300 yards rushing. But in the end, Arizona made the plays when they had to, and NDSU couldn't get the ball back. So, and NDSU is going to be fine. There was on that there was a fourth and two when they were up 28-24 late or about middle of the. Th- fourth and it felt like one of those vintage NDSU drives where they go on where it takes up eight minutes of the clock they just kept running 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 and running the ball down their opponent's throat it got to a fourth a third and two they couldn't get it they bring in Cole Payton to try and get it and it was it was they they were at the Arizona 30 and this is where we've talked about on this podcast before the lack of the lack of a, a kicker they trust bit him in the butt because if they have a reliable kicker there, I think they kick that field goal. They go up 31, 24, which makes it a touchdown game. So at worst, even if Arizona scores, it's 31, 31, but they didn't. And then Cole Payton, it was, I thought it was a good play call. And if you look at the right angle, he had a little bit of a hole there, but he missed it. It's his first time, first time seeing real extensive action. He'll see it. He'll learn from it. He'll improve, and it'll pay off down the line. But NDSU they lost, lose their first FBS game since two thousand would be two thousand nine against Iowa State.
0: Mm, No kidding.
1: Yep. And then they go to Colorado in twenty twenty four, and then Oregon in I think it's like twenty twenty eight, maybe from the COVID game
0: yeah it's a while back now. I, you wonder though, with this whole conference realignment things, and with this extended playoff, are they going are they going to cancel these games against FCS teams? Um, or since there's now potentially room for 12 teams, you can play you know these power five schools can play FCS teams with no um, you know knock against them on their schedule since it's not a four team schedule or four team playoff.
1: Yeah, it could be. And who knows, depending on what happens, like if the power five breaks off, I would expect somehow NDSU to jump into that next level. And
0: -hmm. that
1: would help them get those, stay within those games and help them get better games as well. True, Because I don't, I think NDSU, they are very determined to try to find a way to get to the FBS play or get to the FBS now. But we'll move over to the. Or do you guys have any other college games you want to talk about? I got nothing.
0: No, no. Uh, last last weekend was kind of a kind of a dud for most games. Nothing, nothing too exciting. Nothing too crazy going on. No, that uh, App State troy game was a pretty good one. Oh yeah, that hey. Hail Mary at the end was just absolutely crazy. Because I think, because to think he catches it at the five, and he just he found his way into yeah. the end zone. Southern Southern Illinois beat Northwestern.
1: There was yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. Oklahoma Nebraska was over at halftime.
0: I will and, say that about about that Oklahoma um, team. The Big Twelve for these next two years is in trouble. Yes, because um, what Brent Venables is doing right now is scary, and it's only going to get better because look at all these Clemson defensive players in the NFL. He's now going to go to um, living rooms across America and say, I put those guys there, come play at Oklahoma against, um, you know, for these next two years of conference with not many good offenses and I'll get you there. So the big 12's in trouble with, with, with Brent Venables as a head coach at Oklahoma. For sure. And
1: the other part, it, it just how, how good like they kind of like took the reins off, it felt like off their offense or they let Gabriel look give him a little bit more let him run the ball a little bit more and they're, they, they they look like a legit playoff team, I think. Uh-huh. And you knew that Venables was gonna get that defense figured out. And I think they're they they've they've just showing that they're going to be a very disciplined team. They're not going to turn the ball over. They have really good re- skill guys too, where they can get those explosive plays. Dylan Great Gabriel looks like the real deal, a transfer from Central Florida. And my my prediction of winning them winning the Big Twelve looks pretty good right now. So happy there. And then one more before we move over to our college football and NFL previews is Penn State might've found something in Nick Singleton. He was the top running back recruit out of the 2022 class. And if he's able to stay at this level and keep getting better, I Penn state looks like a serious threat in the East.
2: I don't know if I'm ready, but I don't, they didn't look like they were good enough to go up against Ohio state or Michigan.
0: I'm not ready to say they're a serious contender in the East. I think Ohio state, Michigan, they're going to look at this and they're going to say, Nick Singleton, you're not going to beat us. And Sean Clifford, you're going to have to. And I just I just don't trust Sean Clifford. Um, no. That defense, they got exposed against Purdue. Uh, Purdue was able to put up a lot of points against them. And, you know, they're playing an Auburn team who's not that good. And I think they know their head coach is going to get fired here soon. Um, so Penn State, they might be better than what we thought they were. But uh, I just – I don't think they're ready to play against Michigan or Ohio State yet.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I the one good thing that I feel confident about is Michigan has that game at home this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it that that's when Franklin's had the most successes, when he's had a really good running back with like a Saquon, which basically is the only reason he's still at Penn State. So there there's some reasons for a little bit of concern of when they play Penn State, but that's a couple weeks away. Michigan plays Maryland again or this weekend it's the big noon kickoff game on Saturday at 10 mountain Michigan's right now is a 16 and a half point favorite. It's going to be their I guess you could say it'll ease by far be the, be the best team they've played so far this year. We'll see. They got a uh, Talia tag at quarterback for Maryland. Good receiving core. We'll see if their deal Michigan's D line is able to get pressure, make it uncomfortable for them. See how these corners are and get where they're getting their first true test of the year as well but i think michigan i think this game is close for a half and i think michigan goes in at halftime makes some halftime adjustments pulls away late in the second half probably right around that 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 16 and a half point spread i will definitely will not be touching this game but that's kind of my thoughts on Michigan. We'll see. Hopefully Cade McNamara can keep, keep improving week to week. You mean JJ McCarthy? Or Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. JJ. I'm, I'm hoping uh, what I meant to say was I hope Cade McNamara keeps getting healthy from week to week so we can have him back. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, JJ McCarthy, keep improving week to week and take those good stri- those right strides. But well, move, that's about all I have for that one. Michi- Minnesota's got their first test. They go on the road to East Lansing. Michi- last time I looked here and I think... Minnesota's a
2: three-point favorite. favorite.
1: Okay, that's stayed the same then. That's where yep. I had it as when I was making notes yesterday. That's a 130 mountain on Big Ten kickoff. That's going to be interesting. Michigan State coming off an absolute ass-kicking by Washington. Mm-hmm. And... Minnesota, they, they've got some good receivers. I know that Ottman-Bell is still a big loss, but Michigan State's the secondary looks like burnt toast. That is something that has not improved. They weren't good on it last year. They did not, look as of now, has have, haven't improved it this year. So I this line is very interesting to me. I, I think this is going to be a really good game. This might be one of the best games in the
2: Big Ten this week. Yeah, Michigan State opened, I think, as three-point favorites, and now the yeah. line switched all the way to the other yeah. side.
1: Yeah, so it oh. opened on Sunday at Michigan State 3. I looked before I went to bed. It was down to 1.5. I woke up Monday morning. Minnesota yeah. was a 1.5-point favorite, and yesterday when I was making notes for the show, it was Minnesota's a 3-point favorite, and that's where it's held yeah. since.
2: Well, Michigan State had a lot of injuries so far. Reed, they're not sure he's going to play. He had a freak injury versus Akron, I guess, where he fell into a bench and cut his back open super deep, so he didn't play that's last right. week. Yep. We're not sure if he's going to be back this week. I haven't heard if he's practiced or not. Their D tackle missed last week. Their best D tackle, and he supposedly they, there's no word on if he's going to play or if he's practiced at all. And then their best linebacker and safety are out for the year. So obviously not ideal for them, especially if their D tackles out with Mo running up the middle. Like I mean, that's it's recipe for disaster for them.
0: Well, and also their first game this year against Western Michigan, you know, that game was close for two and a half quarters. They, were,
2: they looked awful. Thornton looked terrible. And
0: they, yeah, the, the Michigan state offense looked like they hadn't practiced. They were out of sync and that defense gave up a lot of yards. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Mel Tucker is known as the defensive coordinator um, as and a defensive minded head coach. He's the but secondary he, coach, secondary coach. And, he, and even last year, that Michigan state defense was not that good. They were the they worst did, power
2: five secondary in, in football.
0: They gave up a lot of points to Michigan. You know, even though even though they, they won that game, they gave up like 59 points to Ohio State. Um in the Purdue, first half. Yeah, in the first half. Purdue beat them at Purdue. So if I'm Michigan State this week, I know my secondary is awful. But like what Ethan said, if you're missing your D tackle and your best linebacker, you can't let Moe and this Gophers offensive line. Um, get going, because if they do, this game is going to be over early. And on top of that,
2: uh, they have 12 sacks first two games, zero versus Washington last week, and and that's probably the main reason they beat Central Michigan. They got so many sacks, they put them, or Western Michigan, not Central. Western Michigan. Yep. Yeah, but they got so many sacks, they put them back, they forced fumbles, like, that was their defense. Like, that literally was it.
0: Yeah, if you if you let this Gophers offensive line just weigh on you and start to go heavy, it's going to be a long day at the football field for you. Yeah, They're going to, they're going to slow this game down. They're going to have the ball for 36 minutes and you're just, you're going to get worn out. And eventually these body blows that you take, um, your ribs are going to be, your ribs are going to break in the third quarter and then they're going to go for the kill shot.
2: Yeah. Uh, I was um, talking there, I was kind of reading about one of their, their one of their writers online, and he was saying that all year they played their corners like ten yards off. You can't do that. If they do that, the RPL, like they're done. Like you, yeah. it's over. Like I mean, obviously they probably won't do that. I don't think they can, but I mean at the same time they haven't practiced with the other stuff, like actually pressing and stuff. So I mean it'll be interesting.
0: I mean I, I was, Ethan, you're right on. I was going to say I know Michigan State hasn't done this. But against this Gophers offense, if I'm an opposing defensive coordinator, I can't put eight guys in the box because the way the Gophers spread it out. Mm-hmm. I, I have to put seven in there, and I have to tell my corners to get – jam these receivers. Do not give them a free a free release off this line of scrimmage because if you do, that RPO game, it's over. These linebackers are going to be sucked in to stop mo. And then, um, you know, right now he's receiver one. He's he's gonna tear you up. He's gonna, and then, you know, the best quarterback, best tight end, excuse me, and quarterback so far yeah. in the Power Five, um, by Pro Football Talk or Pro Football Focus, excuse me. You, you can't give these guys free releases. You're gonna have to make them earn it. Um, and I'm not sure Michigan State's gonna do that because they don't have the horses. No,
2: so I, I think I think Minnesota wins us like 30 to 17. I don't think it's super close. I think ooh. they 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 beat the spread. Okay. Okay, that is some good information. I, I said Colorado 49-7, so I was damn near right on Did honestly. you actually? So I did. I said it nice. word to my buddy. I said
1: 49-7. Okay. And then we'll move over. We kind of previewed it a little bit before. Iowa goes to Rutgers. That is a, well, 7 Eastern time on FS1. Iowa is a 7.5-point favorite. A night game at Rutgers just sounds weird. awful because – there's going to be nobody there. There's going to be no energy. There
0: it's, might be more Iowa fans there than Rutgers fans. There might be. So it, it, it's
1: like, it, it would be like playing, playing Northwestern where there's just nobody there. You have to know bring your other. own energy and it's just mm-hmm. absolute thousand
0: percent trap game. Well, yeah. And I, 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 was gonna
2: go.
0: I think if, if for, you know, I sake here, they got to try to, Continue to expand on this offense like they did last week. It's it's going to be a grind all season, and, you know. Dylan, you know, Ethan, Ethan's going to have to bleach his eyes for another eight, another nine weeks. I'm not Dylan, watching this game. I refuse. <laughs> Dylan's going to Dylan's <laughs> going to have another root canal. Um, I may have another lobotomy performed on me. But they <laughs> just, just did
2: the bleach this time. I don't even know.
0: Um, they just they, they. I wish they would just continue with at least go moving some guys before the snap in motion and spreading out just a a little bit you don't need to have two tight ends on the field all the time at least have three receivers on on the field to give your offense some space so it'd be nice to try to see this offense grow off last week um but we'll we'll see and Rutgers only having one scholarship quarterback on the roster I don't know if that's their starter or if it's their backup but one scholarship quarterback is, is less than ideal um
2: that's like Flex first year when Annixtead came in on a freaking
0: walk-on and he took over the starting role. Oh, he was he was not good. Um he just
2: checked yeah. it up and for the
0: <laughs> oh, he was awful. Um and, and then you know what? More than likely, this Iowa defense will probably do enough to get him a win. It could be an ugly 13-9,
2: 13-16.
0: Yeah, something, something goofy like that. I mean, you know, I remember the first time Iowa played in Rutgers. When they were in the Big Ten, they lost out there, so they're trying to get their first win in New Jersey. So, no, they won in they won in sixteen. No, they they, lost in sixteen. No, Iowa won
1: that game. Iowa won that game. Oh, sure,
0: because that was right after the NDsu loss. Yeah, you're right. It was an ugly win, but they won there. That's right. And then they blew the break off. But we'll 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 see. I mean, like Ethan said there there could be twelve there could be twenty two punts in this game.
2: And they're both really good punters.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It was a
1: 14-7 win. That's right. It was just an ugly win. That's good right. Lord. And it was, I, I believe it was saved by a, a Desmond King. He had like a strip as, I, feel,
0: I yeah. feel like I remember seeing, he had like a strip as Rutgers was about to score at one point. Yeah, Des, Desmond King saved that day. I, d- I, I do remember that. Well, he, 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 he that guy was a stud. Mm-hmm. He
1: was good. And... Yeah, so we'll see. That's gonna be a rough game.
0: I don't I haven't decided if I want to watch that or not, but Dylan, other... D- Dylan I'm gonna look out. Yourself. I'm gonna look out what's best for you. Do not watch that game. Yeah, right. save yourself, okay. if you we only get what 13, 14 weeks of regular season college football. Save yourself and don't waste your time watching this game. If if I was offense somehow puts it together like they did last year against maryland where you're like huh they practiced i will text you and i will tell you to go to fs1 but if i do not text you know that it's bad and do not go to that game
1: <laughs> okay
0: all right well there are a couple other good ones around
1: the league i think i think it's clemson wake forest game i think that one's going to be a good one clemson's a seven quarterback Hartman, yeah he he got back i think this is going to be his third game okay that one, that looks like a good game. We'll see. That's those two, cause those two are in the same conference. Same division, or yeah. Or same division, yeah. That could be some positioning for the uh the, who plays in Charlotte at the end of the year. We'll see if uh DJ Uyungalele can shake off some of his struggles that he's had. And I think this game comes down to if who plays better at the quarterback position, either DJ or Sam Hartman.
2: Mm-hmm. Is it at Clemson or yeah at Wake it's, Forest?
1: It's at Wake Forest. It's right right away at ten o'clock on ABC. I I don't even know where game day is this year this week.
2: Uh, They're in Tennessee, Florida. That's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. Well, well, hey, that's a nice work on the transition there because that was the next game I had down. Tennessee is a ten and a half point favorite.
2: Why are they ranked eleven?
0: Because college football's is not that deep this year, they're undefeated and they score a lot of points. in are in the south, and That's pretty stupid, but I wouldn't,
2: sense.
1: I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if this game gets ugly in Tennessee's favor. I know there's not a lot of history that would suggest that, but Richardson's not good. Richardson is not. We were talking him about him as a dark horse Heisman candidate, but it's, it's dead. He he doesn't even have
0: a passing touchdown this year. That's insane for how good he looked versus Utah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, and you. Then, you, you know, That was just a classic game where, unfortunately, Utah let them have a couple long runs and they couldn't finish inside the five yard line.
2: It was almost like a peak Tim Tebow type game. Never throws his fucking shit, but goes Mm -hmm. and runs it four times. But that one, yeah, I, uh, I that one I think is
1: my pray. The two we just mentioned might are my probably my favorite lines. I like Wake Forest the cover. I think, and I think I like the over in that Wake Forest game. I think I saw it at like fifty-five.
0: Yeah, there's going to be some points in that game
1: yeah and i have the only bet that i have placed right now is north carolina as a point and a half underdog versus notre, notre. dame cuz i i don't think notre dame has not north carolina is going to put up points they're going to i don't think them. notre dame doesn't have the offense to put up points they don't have the elite skill guys tommy yeah. Reese is going to get fired they notre dame has a lot of that off defense will keep him in the game but i don't I don't see a way of how Notre or North
0: North Carolina, Notre Dame has enough to score with them. I just even, don't. Even if Carolina only scores 27 or 24, I don't know if Notre Dame can put up again, this North Carolina defense is awful. Yeah. So if there's a week that Notre Dame's offense, but then also you play Marshall and Cal and you still barely get over 24, you you don't even crack 24 points. So if North Carolina, if they get to 28, I think this game's over. I think that's the magic number for them.
1: Well, I think the biggest emphasis North Carolina should do this week, red zone defense. Let them move the ball 20 to 20. You keep them out of the end zone. Trust your offense enough to score enough points, and that'll win them the game.
0: I, I, I would
1: agree. Another couple, I don't uh, – uh, plays our, – our, plays Arkansas at Jerry World. I don't, I don't know how good Arkansas, this game is going to be. I don't know what to think of this. Cause I don't think Arkansas is as good as we thought Cincinnati doesn't look as good at, at this year. They're still they're They're more in of a rebuild instead of a reload. Arkansas needed a punt return touchdown and they trailed mid, the majority of the game against Missouri state. i I saw an, uh, who was it? Brandon Walker say that he wouldn't, he, th- he thinks Arkansas is going to lose their next four games because they have a Mississippi state, Alabama, and BYU. I think I can't, I, think, I know it's I, three of those four for sure. I can't remember.
0: I
2: think, I think I Alabama's
0: remember. next is Alabama next week. I want Alabama, say, Mississippi state then BYU. Yeah. yeah and yeah, that. That's a big and three stretch of for four them. On the road. Yeah, three of the four on the road, right?
2: Yeah, they're going across country
0: to BYU.
1: And I, sp- I bet the the Alabama game is in Bryant Denny.
0: No, that's in that's in Razorback Stadium.
1: Oh, it is okay. Yep, it's
0: mm-hmm. at home. Yep, Oh, I State, thought they played BYU there last year. On the road game, though, um, I think you know they're playing AM in Dallas, so that's you know neutral site. Um, but yeah. Um, you know, to Ethan's point, then you got to go out to Provo and play in that altitude. Uh, BYU took down Baylor at home this year. So, um, that, that's a team I would not want to play on the road against.
2: They no. sure got shit stomped versus freaking Oregon though.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. I think, I think they were living off their, their high of beating Baylor. And yeah. then I think, I think Oregon kind of calmed down and realized, Hey, George is a good team, but let's mm-hmm. maybe press here. And, uh, they still Oregon might not be. They might be able to compete for a Pac-12 title this year still. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There's there, that. That's very. I think right now USC looks far and above everybody else in the in the Pac-12. I think Utah's Utah's going to have something to say about that here in a couple of weeks. But right now USC looks like the uh, the team to beat in the Pac-12 for sure.
2: That'd be a fun one versus Oregon State.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with you. It's kind of just like Michigan. You have to sit back and say, how good are they? They haven't played anyone yet, Um, especially that USC defense. That's, yeah. The defense is
1: the biggest question mark for sure.
0: You know, um, Oregon State and then Utah, they'll eventually, those teams could, especially Utah, they could put up some points. So that game's up
2: in Corvallis this weekend. I mean,
0: weird things happen up there sometimes. Weird things do, especially with that turnover chainsaw the Beavers got.
1: God, terrifying. <laughs> well, and then, then their stadiums, I think, is still getting renovated, too, and it looks all weird. It, they only have fans on one side because the other side getting renovated. I think I saw that week week one or week zero. Okay. I don't know. Weird things happen in the Pacific Northwest. And NESU plays South Dakota. They go down to Vermilion. It just tried, try should. Try not to have a letdown after losing to Arizona. Don't let one bad week become two they haven't lost two straight games since 2009 or 10 (laughs) which is a wild stat yeah so we'll see what happens there i i expect ndsu to take care of business they 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 always seem to be really good off a loss that's a good coaching staff they got over in fargo we'll move over to the week three preview of the nfl lions vikings and right kicking off the start of the games and well and the chiefs play at the same time on cbs lions vikings vikings open as a six point favorite at home again at u.s bank the lions coming off a good win against the commanders i this could be this could be a early possible game that could decide playoff positioning i think i think both these teams have the potential to make the playoffs and We'll see. Ya. Vikings, I I like – the Vikings at home are – I've always seemed to play very well. They really get behind that home crowd. But I, I, I think the Vikings are able to win this. I think Lions keep this game close, but definitely going to be a fun game in Minneapolis.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be back and forth, but if you're the Vikings, you got to get Cook going. I mean, he's he had a decent, like, okay game versus – Green Bay, but it was never, like, one of his patented, like, 40, 50-yard runs. It was just, like, maybe 12 was his longest or something like that. Like, it wasn't, like, Dalvin. And then, obviously, last week, they just abandoned the run It seemed like being into the game. So, he's going to make Kirk Cousins better. The, the more you establish the run, the easier it is for Kirk. Well, and I always- think the part of it is, too, is is I think the Vikings just need to make a
1: commitment to the run game, which they – I don't feel, – it feels like they just quite haven't these first two games yeah under o'connell but i think i think this is a week where cuz i know the lions are going to try to grind games out so possessions are going to be limited so i think
0: it's important mm-hmm. the vikings establish that run early yeah well and if there's one team throughout his career that dalvin has just feasted on it's it's been the lions yeah um so he just kind of has has the lions number but then also with the vikings unlike in week 1 i want to see I want to see this pass rush again get after the opposing team's quarterback because Jalen he just had too much time on Monday, um, and I feel like if you make Jared uncomfortable and you get to him, he's going to throw you a pass or two, um, and then you know, in these division games, you get a couple of turnovers in a short field, good good things will happen, and they should be able to win this game. So, I want to see I want to see Daniel, um, Zedarius you know, Harrison Phillips and these guys just get after it again.
1: Yeah. And move over same game. It's going on at CBS at 11. George, my It is chiefs Colts. Uh, I guess you could say the chiefs are going back to the scene of the crime a little bit here, going back to the 20, 2013 playoff game where they were brings up some bad memories for grant, which we've already brought up a few earlier yeah. in the show but Colts looking for that first win there. 01 and one-on-one chiefs looking to go for three and all. This is a, this is as close to a must win game for the Colts as it can get where, and luckily for them, their division isn't weak. No one's going to run away with that division. I think right now, the only team that has a win would be the Jags. Yep. So, but the Colts just look, have looked off so far this year. And, and I, 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 I think they're becoming the Falcons of the AFC where talents there, they just don't do it, put it on the field.
0: Well, and I know last week, um, um, Shaquille, Shaquille Leonard, you know, Darius changed his name in the off season. I don't believe he's played yet this year. I know he didn't play last week. And that's and and you know that's a big loss for him because you know he's the maniac and he gets that defense going. And then also, for some reason, Jonathan Taylor in this in this running game in this offense hasn't been able to, to click yet. And when you lose Michael Pitt Jr., who doesn't play last week, who is your, who's your other big threat receiver on the outside who's going to create um, yards for your offense? Um, and, and get you the ball down the field in these big chunk plays because, you know, the high, and then a the return on the defensive end, when you hire Gus Bradley as your defensive coordinator, you're going to give up yards. You're going to sit back and play that Seattle cover three. Andy's played this a thousand times. He knows where to attack it um, and where not to attack it. So Andy's going to move the ball, and the Chiefs offense is going to move the ball. It's just can the Colts stop the Chiefs in the red zone, and can this offense get going? You know, Matt Ryan's interception in both games. And if he gives a free possession up or two against the Colts, I think it could potentially be a long day. Um, And I think it opened up yesterday at six and a half for for the chiefs. I don't know if that has changed or not, but I'll say a guarantee right now, if Matt Ryan throws two to the chiefs, they're going to get that six. They're going to cover that six and a half easy.
1: Yeah. I, I, I I think the chiefs are three and all and I, Colts are 0-2 and 1 and they're still gonna be looking for that first win. I just there's just nothing about the Colts that gives me any reason to believe in them so far. Mm -hmm. And a team we both picked to win the AFC
0: South. Well, because yeah, who no one no hope in Houston. I mean, I think a lot of people thought Bryce Young, Will Anderson might be going there next year. Uh, the Jags, you know, should have been a better team. And the Titans, they just lost a lot. And then before the year, when Harold Landry's out, your best pass rusher from the year before, and Derek coming off that Liz Frank, it was almost like Colts by default. Yep. And it's just, it hasn't worked out for two games yet. Um, but they're back at home. It's their home opener. Maybe that Cindy crowd will give them a little juice that they need, but um, you know, if you ask me to put money on it right now for a team who's going to win, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game on Sunday.
1: For sure. And. Yeah. Well, and then the Titans, there they both. Well, who, the Raiders, they play the Raiders. That's a huge game too. Which a, a, if whoever loses that game, you can just cross them off. They're they're done. They're not making the playoffs. Their season's virtually over. Yeah, one three is hard to come back for from. But yeah, I I I think the Colts could be thrown into that as well. It's mm. they're. Their, their season's done. They're just playing for for pride in a draft pick. And there's uh, probably the game of the week is Packers-Bucks. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, green Bay is going to have another tough test going down to Tampa. It's going to be hot. They'll be wearing the greens. Yep, they'll be wearing the green. I believe – I want to say Tampa is a three-and-a-half point favorite here. Oh, no, that game – was it a point it's, in half it's a point it's down to a point the bucks are a one point favorite okay i we'll see i i don't know we'll see they they look like they finally got a run game going the receivers in Aaron still are not they don't they don't look overly great they still look like they're a little bit out of sync i think
0: that's going to take until at least october yeah
1: you're probably right there
0: if and, if you know later later october
1: and then the Sunday night game could could be is going to be a good one. It's a old QB matchup of the NFC West: 49ers, Broncos. We'll see. I Nathaniel Hackett was de, uh, labeled the czar of the Packers' red zone offense last year, and Aaron Rodgers spoke highly of him. And then was it? It was on the I think it was on the Sunday night broadcast where he talked about. What what uh, how what him and Nathaniel Hackett meant was is they drank whiskey and played ping pong together. That's why they were <laughs> such good good friends. Because Nathaniel Hackett looks like he has no idea how to be a head coach. Oh, not at all. He
0: he looks he looks lost out there.
1: And that game is in Denver.
0: San Francisco is actually a one and a half point favorite here. You know, call me crazy, guys. Right now, I think with this Niners team, if with Jimmy G as the quarterback, they're better suited to win this year.
1: They are. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, he has those chemi- chemistry with those receivers.
0: Yeah, and and, and you know,
1: what happened with Trey is completely. It, it, it's unfortunate. It's a freak injury. That guy. It just seems like at this right now, it's going to be. He's just going to be one that could just never get going. He was. Didn't get to play. He had a great 2019 year in college. Didn't throw an interception,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, we uh, and then 2020 year they had the one game, and then he was a rookie last year behind Jimmy G. It's just he just hasn't played, and he needs those reps. And yeah, he's un- unfortunate that he gets got hurt, and hopefully he he's able to bounce back from it because I really want to see see how well he does. Cause I think there's definitely potential, mm-hmm. but right, yeah, right now at Grant, you're, you're hundred percent correct. That th- th- this 49ers team is ready. And, and Jimmy G is loved in that 49ers locker room. Absolutely. They, Not to say that Trey isn't because I think it seems like he, he is, but those guys love Jimmy G and they're going to play hard for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, they were a drop interception and a torn thumb ligament away from a Super bowl last year. With Jimmy G as 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 their quarterback, um, so they're they're hungry and they're ready. And like what Ethan brought up earlier today, the NFC is kind of wide open. Um, so we don't we don't know what to think this year. Uh, the Niners are thinking, why not us? Why not? And if they can win these next two games, boys, at Denver and then Monday night against the Rams, and if you're sitting three and one, oh, watch out, NFC. That, yeah. that, that's all I gotta say.
1: Yeah. And last game of the weekend to cap it off is Dallas Giants at on Monday night. Giants are a two and a half point favorite.
0: Which I don't uh, understand.
1: I don't I don't either. I think key to this game is if Dallas can shut down Saquon, they're gonna shut down the whole Giants offense. Dallas, they just need to like we said, what Cooper Rush did is manage the game, keep mm-hmm. them in it. Don't turn the ball over. Just and just do their job. Just commit to the run. Have make defenses can get stops, force a couple of turnovers, which Dan, Danny Dimes likes to do. And th- they're going to be two and one, and th- they'll be right behind the Eagles. who I don't even know who they play, but I'm sure they'll be three and one. This week, they play. Here, uh... oh they play they play they go to washington and play the commanders i thought okay, that's what i thought
2: they play the you know, redskins
1: carson gets to play his own team or his old team and
0: yeah redskins forever ethan
1: <laughs> yep 100% and uh rams cardinals that one uh might be interesting uh I know Grant Grant's gonna have his eyes glued to Texans Bears.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. And uh, off there, that's a, that's an awful college game.
1: That that would be like that would be like 2014 Michigan Northwestern bad. Is going to be that way, which we we're, talk- we're not going to talk about. Which gives talk- us a good reason to transition over to Curveball of the Week, which yours truly has this week and this uh, i'm interested to see this one because we we're we're gonna go with we we all know insufferable fan bases but what is what is the worst combination worst fandom combo between so these are what these are the teams is college basketball college football nfl nba mlb Oh, the worst combination of like if one person cheered for these five teams would just not be a fun person to be around.
0: Okay. So, pretty much of those five teams, if one person said my favorite team was one from each league, then we just couldn't talk to them.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Oh, boy. Shoot. That's a good one. Um, right, I'll go. Yeah, Ethan, I'll go. you got.
2: You got something? Yeah. I'm I'm going to start out east a little bit here. We're going the Packers and Badgers because that whole state, if it got nuked, I'd be happy. So let's go those two. We need an NBA team, right? Yep. We're going West Coast. We're going Lakers. I absolutely despise them. How you can't win more than 40 games with LeBron and Anthony Davis is beyond me. and then we're doing M- M- or, uh, MLB. Yep. ML
0: NFL. Oh, yeah, you did the NFL. Oh, that's yes.
2: easy. That's easy. Yankees, let's be real. <laughs> and then college basketball. Um, yep, yeah, and then college basketball. Duke. I think I just created the devil himself, like right there, those five.
0: It, 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 you mentioned that because, Ethan, because every Duke fan is a Yankee fan. And yeah, those fan. is a fan,
2: yeah. They're,
0: it's just – They're just all – It's like the circle of
2: being a douche. Like, it's just – peak douche
0: it is yeah those are just truly some awful people yeah. um but yeah i'm gonna uh, start off right where you left off college basketball duke can't stand yeah.
2: those the name just pisses me off
0: they think they think they're better than us let's never forget that coach k's wife put a child in a closet in a closet
2: so, <laughs> for months for months on end Unbelievable.
0: Months, they were living in some weird country in southeast asia so yeah duke uh, the, the Yankees, it, Aaron Judge, cool. You have 60 home runs, and ESPN is just gargling all over him right now. How about uh-huh. Albert? Let's show him some love for going for 700 career home runs. Um, and, and also, you know, with these Yankee fans, you play in a softball field um, in, in Yankee Stadium, so half these home runs wouldn't count. But, yeah, Yankees fans, they're arrogant. They're smug. They think they're better than us because they live in New York and they have big pizza um, and rats. Rats. Rats run around their street all the time. I just it's ridiculous. Or from New York, um, and then an NFL NFL fan base, got to be the Raiders fans. I mean, again, <laughs> we're, we're 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 watching the history check. You know, the, these guys they're talking about the silver and black and back when the NFL was good and blah blah blah. Yeah, back when you put stick them on your hands and you were able to. <laughs> hammer and beat the hell out of the wide receiver in front of you you guys haven't done anything since you got embarrassed in the super bowl in 2000 against against the bucks and they think they're all cool with their their black hole and all this other stuff and it's like no you guys play in vegas now you guys aren't true raiders fans um
1: you you're not a fan of this
0: overrated it's not that cool it's 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 middle-aged white men who 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 are stuck like i said in the past watching um you know when the raiders were good and they haven't been relevant for 25 years true so raiders there duke the yankees um and then i need what a college football and then an mlb nba a- nba sorry um so college football I- uh, kind of another team just along the lines of the Raiders where they're living in the past and they think they're better, better than us is the Miami Hurricanes. These these fans want to throw you this, you that. And it's like, well, when's the last good pro you guys put in the league? It's it's been it's been over 20 years since that last good um you team in, in 01. Uh, you know, they're just they're fair weather fans. They they think they're better than us because they live in South Florida. Don't don't like them at all. And then for the NBA, I got to go to the Sixers. Ooh, I, I just I don't like the people of Philadelphia. Um, I've never trusted the process you told me to trust and, to trust, and these people they're just they're arrogant and they're smug, and their basketball team's not that good. It's it's a represent yeah. representation of the city. They're all bark and no bite, um, and I just just don't like people from Philadelphia. So I'll go to the Sixers, Hurricanes. Duke, the Raiders, and the Yankees.
1: I I would I was a little bit shocked by the, the Sixers one. I know I thought maybe since Ben Simmons had left there, I thought you were they were irrelevant. I thought you would also go like Ethan with the Lakers. But Sixers are interesting. My as a college football team, I I was very I, w- I wasn't sure where you were gonna go because there's about like four or five teams you can't stand. I thought it could have oh. been, I could have, could have went Nebraska. It could have went Miami. It could have went USC. It could have went Iowa state, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. I, I, so Miami, Miami is the one that really gets
0: to you. huh? Co- correct. Okay. Like it's because it's kind of just like the Raiders fans into a point, in Nebraska, they're living off the past. You guys haven't done anything in these last 10 years. And then you get in prime time last week. And you get beat up by an A&M team who's not that good. And then just the smugness of, of South Florida. It's like, cool. You were born in a cooler state than I. That doesn't mean you're a better person, like what they think they are. So I just, I don't, I don't like the Hurricanes and I don't like their fans.
1: Okay. Fair well, did you see what their quarterback said? He likes playing on the road because there's actually an atmosphere. Exactly. So I, I really put,
0: shouldn't pick Miami fans because there is no fans.
1: Yeah, I mean, you do get. I'll give you a do-over. So if you want a chance to redo it, you can pick a new team. But if not, I'll, we'll go we'll over
0: to mine. We'll stick. I'm gonna stick with the Canes and their and their fans.
1: Okay. okay. Well, so for me, college basketball, just like you guys, Duke, just insufferable, rich, daddy's money. Think they're better than us. Act like their coach is God's gift, but he's actually just the narcissistic. A-hole. And, well, now Child he's gone. Reason. Which, which I, I, I I, almost hope that John Shire does better than him, Coach K. Because how no, bad no, that would eat at him.
0: No, no, no. I, I understand that. But then I have to live with Duke fans talking about how great their program is.
1: But are, are they actually Duke fans or are they Coach K fans? So I, I feel like most of them are Coach K fans. You hear a lot well, of them say that. We'll find out this year. And NFL – I would probably have to say the Packers just because there's – I would normally say Eagles, but there's not a lot of Eagles fans around here. You're just <laughs>
2: upset that Dez d- didn't catch that ball. Well, he did catch it. And hey,
0: there, what the there's ra- just
1: so many around What's here. And he caught it. They, I just can't they're, – they're just so annoying. And then they're like, oh, I'm an owner. I, I own a piece of paper. That doesn't mean a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> or it's we're going to the super bowl no y- we you are not because you don't play for the team the, the team you cheer for is going to the super bowl or going to the playoffs going to the A- nfc championship but so to, what, if you if you want to play that way we can go what, you your- are losing in the playoffs
0: to the 49ers to your point yeah you're an owner you're an owner in a shitty city, and you make forty-five thousand dollars a year working at the local creamery. Sit down. You <laughs> cheese. <I mean, geez. laughs>
2: and <laughs>
1: and then NBA. I don't know if I have a fan base. I, I think it's just LeBron stands that just worship him like he's the greatest so- player. And I saw I saw a great tweet about this was... LeBron's a bitch? No, well, I'm sure there's plenty of tweets that have that out there, but... <laughs> at, at, at Real <laughs> but but <laughs> the best the best team in uh, M- M- Le- uh, Michael's era was the Bulls. The best team in Kobe's era was the Lakers. The best team in LeBron's arrow- era was the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. And and these LeBron stands, they just refuse to admit that the guy is the reason why his teams can't do anything, because he thinks he's a GM and he's... Mm -hmm. uh, He makes Terry Ryan look good at his job. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Thank you. MLB, Yankee fans, just like everybody, you guys said that I don't really need to go into too much detail there. It's just they've caused way too much pain as a Twins fan over the years. And then college football, it's clearly – it's Ohio State. Most insufferable fan base, the Ohio State University. You don't own the word the. That's the most (laughs) common used word in the world. They said the though, not the. The, 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 same thing who gives
0: a shit. Green jacket, gold jacket, who gives a shit?
1: (laughs) They're, They're those elitists that think they're so much better. And then when things don't go their way, like when they get their ass kicked in the college football playoff, They cry, oh, it was the refs' fault. Oh, it was always everybody else's fault. No, it wasn't. Teams were just better than you. You had chances you lost. And I have to hear about the however many days, and it's done now because Michigan Michigan whooped that ass last year, Mm -hmm. about how many days it was. And then I finally was able to just bring it up like, well, now, now it's been over a thousand days since Ohio State beat Michigan last. It's fair, though. So cool. I, I, I'm riding high. I don't really care, and it, it's also very interesting. I have relatives that have a that are Ohio State alums, and this is where it's very interesting for me, is because 2021 it got canceled because of COVID. It happens in the summer every year, and then this year we were supposed to have it, but Michigan beats Ohio State. At it decides to get canceled. Very interesting for me. I, I, I don't. I don't know if I'm. We can dig into. It. I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, or if it just didn't work out or what. But something we might have to keep an eye on, keep track of when whenever we have the family reu- reunion next. And we'll end the show with this. The twins aren't completely dead, but they're basically dead men walking. So we're gonna really end dead. this show, you guys with a moment of silence for the twin season. We had, we had a lot of hope reasons for hope this year. They let us down like they usually do hopefully, but unlikely, probably Rocco Baldelli will still be the manager next year, but we'll end this show. Ethan, please put your phone down. Let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads with a moment of silence for the twin season. we're back it was nice to have ethan back on the show and hear from him interesting to see what happens on the college football front as conference play kicks off the nfl is always going to be interesting week to week make sure you check us out on all of our social media platforms where we will be posting other content check out the three guys talking about facebook page follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok at 3g podcast where we will also be posting short clips of the show and other content. You can also check out our 3 Guys Talking Ball YouTube page where we'll be posting the full podcast if you want to see the video version. That wraps up this week's episode of the 3 Guys Talking Ball podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.